Welcome back, Cardinal Lowry, episode number 112. And we are back on a beautiful semi-spring day here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today is February the 21st, 2023. I'm here with the main man, co-host Sam Carter. Sam, how is uh how is uh how's your uh how's your sports life? I don't know. Um how are you? No more football. You know, no more football. So that kind of kind of stinks. Um, we gotta wait till um, till September. Um, do they ever do any August games? For what Fo- the, college football? Uh, yeah. Well, the last weekend. We'll have to wait till August then. You can watch the XFL on NBC. If you would like to indulge in that. I could. Anyway, opening question of the day. Of all the fast food places that you have been to, Mr. Sam Carter, which one of them does dessert the best? Does dessert the best? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, I really like that frosted coffee um, mm. from uh, Chick-fil-A. It's, I mean, it's not for everybody. Not everybody loves the taste of coffee. But for me personally, um, the frosted coffee is the way to go. But, wow, you know, a close okay. second is the McDonald's apple pie. I was kind of talking restaurant as a whole. Um, you said fast food. Yeah, I'm saying like their whole dessert menu. I think you're being... One faceted. Well, I'm not gonna get like a slice of chocolate cake from anywhere. Uh, okay, all right. So Chick Fil A is your answer. They do fast. They do fast food dessert the best. I mean, I'd really have to think about it more, but off the dome, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm going Steak and Shake, best milkshake game out there. Um, besides Cookout, Cookout's number two. Just because Cookout has got the thickest milkshakes and they're impossible to, to drink. Um, steak and Shake, best milkshakes. I think I do need to change my answer to Cookout. Oh, okay. Let's hear it then. It's Cookout. They have the largest array of of milkshake flavors. I mean, where else can you get a Cheerwine milkshake? Milkshake. Oh, no. Nowhere. You can get that Cheerwine smoothie from Quick Trip, but that's basically an icy. Right. Well, the array, yeah, the the selection is very strong at Cookout. Well, uh, let's actually get into the the you know the substance of this podcast. Um, let's start with other sports. Um, Sam mentioned this to me that this could, should be included, and I agree. Um, the best professional sports team in the Carolinas, the Carolina Hurricanes, were in Carter-Finley Stadium this past week. Um, Sam, can you speak to the environment or kind of the intel, um, if you are you knew anyone that went to the game? Um, I don't think I've spoken to anyone that I know went to the game, um, but I do know that the line was outrageous. You had people parking on I-40, I believe. Oh, that is – that's wild. And you, you can't. That's a violation. Wait. Well, 
I think tickets were up in the at well, I mean maybe even at the lowest were in the two hundreds. Like I don't think you could probably I don't think you could get a ticket under two hundred dollars. Um, but to see hockey played outdoors, regardless of whether it's your team or not, I think that that's pretty cool, um, especially in North Carolina where the Wolfpack play. Yeah, and a nice gesture uh, to the city of Raleigh uh, there, um, extending um, the seating. But uh, you had a great win, um, four to zero there. So they showed out for the fans. Um, in other news. In the Daytona 500 this past weekend, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, took it all, and I think that is the most NASCAR name I have ever heard in my life. Ricky Bobby. Yeah, but it is like it's Ricky Stenhouse. Ricky Bobby's fictional. Yeah. Ricky Bube. I, I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Vicky Bube? That's what, um, what's his name? Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. What's his name? Um, yeah, his I know who you're talking about. Jean Gerard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, why do they don't? I don't get why American, like racing films, always have like one the European villain. Like Cars Two, we saw that. Um, yeah. I just I feel like it's overdone. But uh, we're getting off topic. Um, Tiger Woods was back in action. Playing his first non-major tournament uh, since 2021, uh, with a tied 45th finish at his uh, his hosted event, uh, the Genesis Invitational at Riviera in California. And LB Spring Training uh, begins this week, um, so we get to see all of our favorite teams back in action in Arizona, in the sun, uh, warming up for what should be um, an unprecedentedly, you know, hyped up baseball season coming up so Stephen Cole just a month away uh now we turn to the NBA uh with the Charlotte Hornets who went one to know perhaps their best week of the entire season that we've been covering them uh 122-110 win against the San Antonio Spurs next week after the break taking on at Minnesota against the Heat and against the Detroit Pistons uh player of the week um is LaMelo Ball and then uh, I threw in a little joke here for Sam. Uh, those of you who listened to last week's episode um, realize the peril that Mr. Carter has placed himself in. Given his comments about one Mr. Mac McClung, uh, the team of the week was Mac McClung. And uh, our first headline is Sam Carter got owned. Um, I'm not going to play the soundbite just to preserve uh, my friend's uh, you know, livelihood as a human being, but uh, Sam, do you want to rescind your comments about Mac McClung and his lack of dunking ability and his lack of uh, namesmanship within the game of basketball? Um, I do. I would like to apologize to Mr. Matt McClung. Um, but I mean, I wasn't saying, you know, I wasn't denouncing his ability to dunk. I'm saying, who was this guy? And now we know. Um, That was an incredible performance by maybe the most unexpected player to to do that. Um, So props to him. And, you know, I got owned. 
He got out. He got out. Uh, highlight of the contest was Max Final Duck. He threw down uh, Victor Oladipo style 540 reverse, um, which is, I would think it would be difficult for Sam and I to do on a mini basketball hoop. Um, but given that he's only a few inches taller than us and could do it on that stage, it's pretty incredible. Um, he was called up to the 76ers this past week, so hopefully maybe get some playing time and uh, maybe we'll get to see him throw down a nice in-game dunk. But it, I think the in-game dunkers, you can refute me on this, Sam, but uh, in-game dunkers and dunk contest dunkers are not the same. Yeah. The element of creativity has to be there. Like, I feel as though... Dwight Howard is a good in-game dunker. He can really dunk on people. Um, but in the dunk, I guess he did, that was a terrible example. He, he won the dunk contest. Um, but you know what I mean. Not the okay, same. How about Joel Embiid? Joel Embiid. He can dunk on a lot of people. He would be terrible in the dunk contest. Thank you, Sam, for bailing me out. Um, in other news, we got the question. The question of the hour, Sam. Did Mac McClung save the dunk contest, or does it still have a major problem? Um, I think that it's still, the, the major problem is that no name guys are doing it. No disrespect to Mac McClung. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that, you know, once we see bigger name guys doing it, like, I don't really know who would be capable of throwing down a 540 dunk at, you know. John Morant. You said what? John Morant. Okay, yeah. John Morant. Um, maybe Zion. Oladipo. Not now. Victor's too old. But I'm, I would say the names that we would see, that I would like to see, would be Zach Levine coming back. John Morant. He's the, he's the one name. Zion. And then maybe like a LeBron. I mean, he can still dunk a little bit. Um, but this brings me to my next point. Sam segued this perfectly. Um, Stephen A. Smith this morning said that LeBron James was the root of the dunk contest problem. He said that older stars, don't even back to David Thompson, which is knowledge I didn't even know Stephen A. had. Uh, from David Thompson, you know, you had George Gervin, Dr. J, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, Kobe, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, all of these players participated in the dunk contest at least once and submitted their name kind of into that legacy. Um, but LeBron James, when he was a rookie, he didn't participate. Maybe out of fear of, you know, losing or fear of being injured, um, he didn't participate and he kind of paved the way for other stars to not, you know, accept the challenge of the dunk contest. Um, so Sam... To what extent do you agree with this take by Stephen A? Um, I I can't say that I agree. Um, I think that you know that's just first take trying to get a, a talking point. Um, I feel like there is no one guy to blame um, because I think that it's a completely individual choice. Like I don't think. LeBron specifically influenced a lot of people not to do the dunk contest. I think that's just kind of counterintuitive. Something to talk about. Yeah. I think it's a larger problem. I think I agree with it a little bit. But it's the larger issue of 
you know, taking these rest breaks just to get ready for the playoffs. I mean, it makes more sense in terms of wanting to win at the end of the season. Um, but I think it's part of the larger problem of guys taking rest when they're not 100%. And that's kind of the it's kind of the crux of the issue. We saw it again in the All-Star game. Jason Tatum drops 55 points, but it's like, did he really? Like, the defense was so – I know Sam – Loves to make the point that the NBA doesn't play defense nowadays, which to some extent the defense is a lot slowed down in terms of its development compared to offensive schemes. But legitimately, there was no defense. Like the guys were not trying at all on defense, and I, it's completely in this mindset of don't get injured. Why waste my effort? Which I mean, I think in your mind it, it makes sense, but it's not what the fans want to see. The fans want to see. The best pickup game in the world, and that's kind of the all-star problem we have right now. And I don't know if there's really a solution, but the NBA says they're working towards increasing the competitiveness of the all-star weekend. Uh, this was heightened. I think you'll find this funny if you are you know, a person of humor. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, after he won the skills challenge, which is notoriously unimportant, the reporter asked him, like, what does it mean to join the list of all these great players that won the skills challenge, and he was like, "Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't care. I was asked to be here, and that's kind of the. It's kind of the whole thing, you know. There's did he not, actually say that? He did. Well, he didn't actually say that, but he he, he literally he let the uh. I mean, on live television, he had he had no idea what to say. And Damian <laughs> Lillard made he did it worse. He said, "They said, you know, what does it mean to?" finally become the first trailblazer to win three-point contest. And he said, well, I'm glad I can win it so I can retire from it now. Which, I mean, <laughs> there was no no holding back. And the spotlight is definitely on the NBA to improve All-Star Weekend. But I don't know. I think it would be difficult to fix just with this shift in culture around resting um, during that kind of season. Well, let's click it over uh, to the college game where uh, this was a week of pain for myself. Uh, for the North Carolina Tar Heels, 16 and 11. And if you didn't catch it, the title of this morning's bracketology was, if you are a North Carolina fan, do not read this bracketology. Um, because UNC has been projected out of the tournament. And after the NC State game, which NC State caught fire at the end of the second half, um, North Carolina really held control. Um, NC State students chanted NIT at the North Carolina players. Um this is a low point in the rivalry for North Carolina. Um, justifiable or not, I mean, it is what it is. But, I mean, we did beat them once, so that, that is nice to feel. Uh, next week, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, playing at Notre Dame on Wednesday night um, and then at home on Saturday against number six, Virginia. A win there would be critical. And then um, at FSU on Monday. Player of the week, nobody gets the player of the week this week. Nobody really deserves it. Um, but Sam, why don't you take us through Clemson this past week? All right. So, you know, starting the week on Wednesday against Florida State, winning by 40, yeah. 94 to 54, um, you know, very much so a highlight of the week. And then you get to Saturday, and Clemson loses to the abysmal 
Louisville by 10. Um, that brings Louisville's win count to four on the season. Um, this is so sorry and pathetic to lose to Louisville. Um, but, you know, it's college basketball. And you keep moving. But later in the season, um, you know, Syracuse, that could be a win. State, I don't know if that's a win. Virginia, probably not a win. And then Notre Dame, I mean, that's kind of 50-50. Not an easy close to the season, especially when you're losing games to the likes of Louisville. Um, So... You know, I looked at this most recent bracketology, and Clemson was in the last four in with North Carolina. Um, so it's 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 a sad place to yeah. be right now. Um, but looking at the ACC standings, uh, Clemson still does hold that four spot. The ever critical double buy, as I talk about every every time, you need that double buy. It's a necessity. Um, but, you know, uh, we have North Carolina in the nine spot now at 500 the ACC. They only have four games left. And realistically, I think winning three of them would be an accomplishment. So I think it'll be rough to even get, like, to a sixth spot uh, going to the ACC tournament. So they're going to have to go on, you know, a run of a lifetime and make it very deep into this ACC tournament if they want a shot at the tournament. But I think that the – I was talking to um, a classmate of mine who was a Chapel Hill fan, and he said, you know, I think that the run last year is kind of supporting this team a little bit, more, maybe more than they deserve to. Um, so I think that there's certainly – there's not – the hope is not lost, um, but the light at the end of the tunnel is definitely fading on these Tar Heels. As we look around the country – um, down goes Tennessee again, and they lose to Kentucky. Um, that's, I think, the third loss in two, two weeks. And then Kansas looks like a national champion again. They beat Baylor. Um, they get the win against TCU this week. I think the Big 12 has become, officially, I, I will say it, uh, the dominant basketball conference in America. Uh, just the likes of Baylor, Kansas, Texas. Um, just so many strong teams there. And I, I view... Kansas, I mean, they're right in that spot again. Um, they're playing tremendous basketball, and uh, they're beating the best teams in the country. Um, so I think that Kansas, I don't want to, I don't want to push it, but I think early on, I'm thinking about putting them, you know, in my bracket as the champion. But you still got to love UCLA. UCLA, I mean, how can you not have a spot in your heart for Tiger Campbell? Bob Marley, Bob Marley on the court. Um, UCLA, by the way has risen to four in the rankings. And Houston is back on top after Purdue's recent struggles. Um, Purdue has fallen to the five spot. they got a huge game um, coming up this week against Indiana. That'll be a primetime bloodbath Big Ten matchup. Uh, so look out for that one. Um, but kind of wrapping it up, getting into tournament time uh, here. And uh, that is going to do it uh, for this episode. I'd like to mention on a business note – um, Sam, would you like to present the story of the BBB campaign? Oh, yes. Um, so as some of my or our uh, 
listeners know, um, the Bobby Carter episode, you know, depending on who you are, is either the worst episode of Carter and Lowry, or to others, <clears throat> the best episode of uh, Carter and Lowry. Um, you know, and so my uncle Rich, being the leader of this campaign, um, you know, and his many followers. Oh, many followers! Been, this is like this is like an evangelist. Yeah, this is like a petition. I mean, okay. So how do you respond to the bring back Bobby camp? Like I feel like this is on you. To I mean, decide. I'm all for it. I'm all for bringing back Bobby, but he has to get his you know what together if he thinks he's gonna you know be able to handle us. What has Bobby said about the bring back Bobby campaign? Let's see. Let me. You pull up some some paraphrase quotes. That that would be that would be dele- delectable. Let's see. I'm scrolling right now. Bobby claims that he was quote not properly vetted, and he was quote under the impression that it was a casual thing. Wow. He also said that he will come back when Carter and Lowry treat their guests with respect. That is, that's fighting words from the Mountaineer. Wow. I think you got to end it on that. That's the boldest thing I've ever heard in my life. I forgot about all these texts, man. These are hurt. These are feisty. Vicious in the Carter family. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Carter Lowry. You can hear from us.